to see how far back I can go. Can you hear me back here? Yeah, yeah. Pretty well. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Seasons Change. I'm Vactor, and with me this week is Mr. Jeff W. Jeff, how's it going? Hola. Pretty good. Mr. Fink is on vacation. He's over in Virginia having a good old time on the beach. He's sending us pictures out in the water, mm-hmm. uh, but he'll be back next week, probably, maybe, to talk about whatever he's been consuming while he's been gone, because you know Fink's been consuming 900 TV shows, 500 movies, and 1,000 comics on his vacation. I was going to say something, consuming other things, too, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, too. Uh, but while Fink is away, me and Jeff are going to play. We're going to talk about a comic series that Jeff brought to my attention called The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box. Now, this was something that the originally, the thing that got your attention, Jeff, was the covers, right? Yeah, the covers, they had the David Show number one, which actually is funny. It's it's sitting in my mailbox now. Like, I finally got it. Uh, yeah. The David Show variant. Um, so that got my attention. And then I thought the uh, once I read the synopsis for the story, that's when I was like, okay, this would be something just me and you as a as Batman fan should probably read. Yes. And I'll actually read it real quick. The GCPD, Gotham City Police Department, have a mysterious corpse, a magical box, and a murderer's row of the city's most dangerous villains sitting in a jail cell. Now all they need to figure out is what exactly happened. Fortunately, one suspect is willing to talk. Unfortunately, it's the Joker. So the whole thing is the Joker's talking to Commissioner Gordon, Harvey Bullock, and they're trying to figure out who murdered the Riddler. So that's the whole thing. And the whole thing is told through a combination of, like, the... The Gordon perspective, like the police interrogating him, and then the Joker's perspective as it goes into his retelling of what happened. And it's always different every time they go into the Joker's perspective. So you know he's like altering it and changing reality and saying, oh yeah, that's this is the way it happened, which is probably not the way it happened. Yeah. So it's a six-issue miniseries. We've gotten five so far. Um the the sixth issue comes out, let's see, as we record this, the sixth issue is, oh, shoot, comes out tomorrow. Oh, nice. so yeah. yeah, we'll be able to read that and probably give a, a little quick update later on. Um, but what did you think about at least just the first five episodes or f- five issues of Puzzle Box? You know, yeah, I thought it was, I think, and when we talked about it previously, I think like, you know, just the concept, I like the concept of, uh, when they, you know, obviously individual like, you know, villain runs are, you know, obviously amazing and probably the best, best versions of Batman, you know, when he's focused on a singular villain or a couple. Right. Uh, but I do like these where they get everybody kind of in the same room, um, kind of like, you know, Paul Dini talked about, you know, having to create that type of story for the Batman video games, right, where you know, you have to figure out a way to play against all of these different villains and you have to have, so you have to write like a special story at the, you have to come with like a special concept that would apply to all of them. Um, so that's kind of what, you know, initially intrigued me when, you know, when I was reading the synopsis in the first episode or the first issue. Um, but I think it's, you know, um, I don't know. It's not, it hasn't blown me away. Um, you know, with the story or like art either. I know you had mentioned that as well, right? Like yeah. you not being like the art, maybe not being your favorite thing. I have liked these covers yes. done, but I would say panel, you know, per panel or panel by panel. It, yeah. It has not been, um, the best thing in terms of art. Like I'm not sitting there like, Oh my God, look how amazing this is. Um, it, it's good. It's fine. It's just nothing that I'm going to, you know, write home about or whatever. Um, but I'd say the story, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been good, but I'm wondering how they're going to finish this within the last, ep- you know, the last issue. Rather. Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, at the, at the end here, the, the fifth issue, you kind of, you see that there's a mole essentially inside, you know, the GCPD. Yes. And they, they finally make that reveal. Uh, and maybe we should say spoilers, but yeah, um, the, you know, they finally make that reveal and then you can kind of see 
that it seems like Two Face is more heavily involved than the others. Uh, it seems, or at least they're focusing on that at the end. So, um, I guess I have to wait until the reveal to really give like a full blown opinion yeah. on it. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm pretty, I'm kind of lukewarm on this. I think this is like a cool concept and like something that is, uh, is interesting. But if somebody were to come to me and be like, Hey, you know what Batman or Joker stuff should I be reading? I, I wouldn't recommend this like right away, but it, this maybe would be something I would say, Oh, you know, after you're done with that, maybe check this one out. This one was kind of a cool concept, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a side story. It's not directly tied into what's going on right now in Batman. Because like I was telling you, I was recently catching up on what's the mainstream Batman and what's going on. Yeah. And it's like chaos over there. It's, there's Bruce Wayne lost all of his money. Joker stole it. And... Mm-hmm. Um, him and Catwoman were going to get married. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So this this whole story is like outside of that continuity. Um, the writer is Matthew Rosenberg. The art keeps changing, or the artist, I should say. Uh, but the main artist is Jesus Marino. And I'm, like you said, kind of lukewarm on the art itself. It's okay. It, it switches up. Every issue, there's like a new artist that comes in. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to give you, you know... The whole, it, without having the whole story, it's kind of hard to say. Oh yeah, we really like this, or we we didn't like this. It's so far we're along for the ride, and we want to see what's going on. But the yeah. covers um, have been great all along. I think. Yeah, and I, I would say I am compelled. You know, and there are things that I like. I do like the Two Face, especially in this last issue. Yeah, um, the Two Face they have, I, and you, know, I think. Um, just just the look of him looks great especially in the uh, in the flashback with um it's not deadshot who's the who's the guy um black mask deathstroke oh uh, yes right, right right yeah they have the deathstroke sorry I'm just trying to figure out what you yeah. <laughs> uh, uh with deathstroke in there i think that like they made him number one they made deathstroke look cool and they made they made yeah i was like you know i i, I actually i think the the art in this latest issue is probably my favorite of them all to be yeah. honest. Um, and I do like the two face they draw in there with like the purple and black suit uh, or pink and black suit. And yeah. then also with like modern day, which I think is like a throwback to the original two face. He has that, like uh, that striped or, you know, the like right. grid type of uh, half of the suit. And then the other half is a plain uh, brown color uh, just to show the differences. Uh, I really like uh, the, the two face. So I would say there's like individual things and, you know, in the last, uh, this latest issue, Batman kind of shows up in the, in the flashback, you know, uh, and, and so you finally get to see him after, you know, so many issues. Um, and I think there is a bit of, you know, when you go back, what was it? The second issue with black mask and, uh, and, uh, two face, yes. you know, in, in Siberia or wherever right. they're at in the cold environment. Yeah. Um, I, it is a little bit of like, like when they're like, no, no, I shot you. And then he's like, no, but I shot you. Yeah. You know, I, I thought I'm like, I'm like, eh, that's funny. But like at a, at a certain point, like a gun, you know, a gunshot should matter. You know what I mean? Right. I shouldn't. I don't like the I didn't like the like gotcha moments um, of that one uh, personally. But um, yeah, looks like that was issue three. I'm, I'm going yeah. through all the synopsis. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, it was in the middle there basically. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, that one, I was like, I was like, eh, you know, it's, I get what they're going for here and like, you know, tricking all this stuff. But to me, it was kind of, kind of a cheap way to get this, to push this thing along. I was like, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't like that, but, um, well, also yeah, I wonder it, if that's supposed to be from the Joker's perspective. And so it's not the truth. Like, Oh, we yeah. don't know exactly what actually happened. Right, right. And um, that's the thing I'm wondering, like, if that's true, can we cover that in the next, you know, it's only 18 pages left yeah. in theory, right? Right. So it's like, can you cover that concept? Like, is that what is happening? And obviously that can all be true. We just have to see. But I really hope that is the case. Then this, then if that's the case, then this whole thing feels smarter to me, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas reading it just for what it is, it's kind of like, eh, you know, this is kind of goofy in some spots, you know. But uh, yeah, I think the the final issue can can change how I feel about this whole 
little mini series yeah. all together. You know? And I don't think the Riddlers even did. They're, the whole thing is like, who killed the Riddler? But I think at the mm-hmm. end we're going to find out, oh, yeah, he's not even dead. Probably the Riddler maybe staged it all or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it looks like the last issue is going to have killer. I'm just looking at the synopsis. Killer Moth, Man Bat, and then everything's from the Joker's point of view. So we'll see what happens tomorrow yep. in The Joker Presents a Puzzle Box. So keep in mind. Oh, you know what? Actually, I wanted to recommend something to you now that we're talking yep. about Joker and Riddler. In that Tom King Joker run, that, or sorry, Batman run that I was telling you about, yeah. the most recent one, there's a storyline called The War of Jokes and Riddles. And the whole thing is about the Joker and the Riddler have a gang war and all of the Batman villains side with one or the other. So, you that, know, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that is something that, and the art was great too. But that's something that's right up your alley. So I would highly recommend that to you. And it was a good story. Um, yeah, I was like, and that also just the just the concept of that, like you know, obviously Joker is like the Batman villain, but like Riddler to me is the, like my second favorite. Typically, um, even the uh, the Snyder and Capullo run, uh, their Riddler storyline, I love. I just love the uh, the concept of the of stuff that people put out with it. So that yeah, that does sound uh, pretty amazing. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah. All right. So that was Puzzle Box. Uh, my friend Jeff and I both got a chance to watch a couple movies. So let's do them in kind of the order that we watched them in first. So yeah. we saw The Suicide Squad last week because that mm-hmm. was the, the weekly release. It came out on HBO Max. But we actually saw it in the theater in IMAX because the whole thing was filmed in IMAX. So I wanted mm-hmm. to actually take advantage of the the bigger aspect ratio. So yeah. this is a sequel. It, this was very confusing to a lot of people is this a prequel is this a sequel is this a reboot but it is a sequel to the first one because there's a lot of characters appear from the first movie and they're going on basically just another mission for task force x now we didn't like the first one the first it's just called suicide squad was as as jeff would say trash yeah this one is i think both the, you and I came into it saying, I think this one's going to be better because James Gunn is directing it. And he also Ooh. wrote the movie. Um, yeah. This was one that after Disney or Marvel or whoever was fired him for having those um, tweets, tweets from 10 years ago. Stupid tweets. Yeah. Um, they DC. I was actually listening to a uh, podcast. The Warner Brothers head was in a gym with the uh, James Gunn's manager uh-huh. and he was like yeah I was I just saw he got fired have him come over to Warner Brothers he can do whatever he wants <laughs> yeah. um we want him to do Superman in particular that yeah I, was, I, I listened to that interview and that was like what was blowing my mind I was like this guy would have had Superman like what you know? yeah it's unfortunate that he just wasn't interested because I actually would have liked to have seen some type of mm-hmm. a Superman movie by him or even Batman but yeah. James Gunn he kind of gravitates towards those lesser known characters those D-level characters, which we saw that yeah. with Guardians of the Galaxy over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then here with Suicide Squad, he basically did the exact same thing. Um, just they they let him have an R rating, so it was like no yeah. holds barred. He could do whatever he want, violence, nudity, um, you know, whatever, R-rated versus the PG-13 yeah. that he gets with Guardians. Um, so the whole thing is there's a mission that they have to go on um, to – to go after Starro, who is like a huge villain from the comics. I don't know if you ever watched the Justice League animated series. He's, he has appeared on there. Um, okay. Starro is like a huge villain for the Justice League. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is like they got to go and, and, and take out Starro, which was a secret U.S. Uh, se- uh, no, spy secret mission yeah. that they had um, to uncover. What did you think about James Gunn's? The Suicide Squad. Yeah, and I'll say also just to describe Starro, uh, intergalactic psycho starfish? Whatever. Yes. <laughs> I yes. guess that's how you'd say it. A hundred percent. This, this to me, and I guess I'll, I'll piggyback off of like when we were talking about James Gunn, like having other DC movies. I don't know why DC doesn't give this guy the uh scott snyder or not scott snyder um zach snyder treatment 
this is the guy that should be running your whole your whole franchise, like the whole thing. Like he should be the guy getting talent for all of these movies. He doesn't have to make the Superman movie. He doesn't have to make the Batman movie. Like I'm not saying make a Batman movie like this, but the way he like his like his creative process or whatever it is it like it always usually to me ends up in a good product right right so like you know like to have john cena in this movie and i i thought this about batista too when he was in you know when they got announced for uh guardians i don't you know and i like wrestling we both like wrestling we know those guys from that background so we're kind of tainted in that way a little bit but um i was like you know this guy's not going to fit, especially John Cena. I did not. I was like going into the movie. I was like, I just don't think this guy's that great. Like a nice guy, whatever. I think he's corny in like the wrestling aspect or whatever. And like, obviously a great wrestler or whatever, but you know, not, I'm not a fan, uh, in general. Uh, and he like turned that around this whole movie. <laughs> like it was, I was like, I walked out of it. He was like one of my favorite characters, you know, um, but it, and then I'm excited for the show now, you know. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I love the movie. I thought, you know, Nanawe was my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people could agree. Uh, King Shark, you know. Um, and it's funny. I had a, uh, I had a friend ask me when we saw the movie. He's like, he texted me. He's like, you know, how how violent is it? Because his wife, you know, is kind of squeamish. You know, just how brutal oh. is it? Um, and I, I watched it. And I was like, oh, you know, like the first 15 minutes, you know, are, are pretty, you know, going to be a little bloody. But then the rest of it's not bad. And then when I watched it the second time, like at home, I was like, this whole movie's pretty, <laughs> uh, pretty yeah. brutal, um, right. which is, you know, something I, I could appreciate. They, like, I think, you know, that's um, that plays into the I, I feel like, you know, DC needs to be more open with stuff like that. Like they, they need to do this exactly what they did, uh, which is give James Gunn total control. Um, I did, how did you feel about Guardians when it got announced? Because I remember back in the day, I was like, "What's the raccoon?" You know, I didn't even know what the characters were uh, when they yeah. got announced back at that Comic Con or whatever it was. Yeah, I was not. I was never a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, um, but a lot of cosmic stuff. I, I was not mm-hmm. a fan of growing up. I always liked Silver Surfer. I always liked fa- like Fantastic Four and and um, Galactus, but mm-hmm. Guardians was never one that I was a fan of. So when they announced it, I wasn't like, yeah, this is going to be great. But I liked James Gunn from uh, Slither that he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if he had done super at that point, but I was a fan. So I was like, Oh, okay, let's see what he can do. And then he, you know, knocked it out of the park was one of my favorite. I saw that movie so many times in the theater. Um, yeah. So yeah, anything that he's touched has been pretty much gold for me. Yeah, and I and, I, and that's and that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, "What is this movie? Who are these people?" And I feel the you know you kind of feel the same way with these, like you said, like the D list kind of characters, yes. the, the lower characters, and he still comes in. And, and and to me, that's like writing, that's you know producing, whatever. That's yes. the combination of everything that he's doing um, with it. And, and I just I feel like that's how much I love the movie. Was I just feel like like you should just give this guy total control of the DC universe. I, like whatever, whatever you were doing was not working and whatever this is clearly is. And I feel like, you know, we have, you know, you have your, you can, you can get people over to there with, you know, the right people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like does Taika make that, that the cameo in this movie without him? Probably not. Right. You know, do you get, do you get those kind of characters, you know? Um, and I think, you know, obviously like, you know, Idris Elba was great. Um, Everybody I liked in the movie um, a lot. And then I even thought, like, you know, they did a great job with the Harley Quinn sequences, you know, when she's kind of in yes. her, like, uh, what do you call that? Like, hyper real, you know, whatever yeah. fantasy. So, yeah. Like, she was in an animated movie almost. Yeah. She's like an animated movie when she's going down the hall and killing yeah. all those guys. Like, I think all of that's great. That looked um, great. Yeah, you know, and I, I think, you know, there is, like, the James Gunn, like, stamps, you know, on this movie, like, the pop music at the begin, you know, Folsom Prison. Yeah. Uh, I think is the Johnny Cash song that plays at the very beginning of the movie. So you have those kind of stamps in there where you're like, okay, this has, like, a, a feel of Guardians, um, but it's so much more violent and just crazy than, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I don't know how you felt, uh, but this is probably, if I had to, like, start ranking, this is, like, really high on the DC movie list. This is, like, for me like nolan batman territory yeah. and probably 
more like I'm talking like maybe under the dark night like level is how much I like the movie. Yeah, another buddy of mine when he, when he got out of it, he was like best DC movie ever. Fight me. <laughs> and I was like even better than Dark Knight. He's like, "Yes." I was like, "I I wouldn't go that far." Like I still love Dark mm-hmm. Knight and Batman Begins. Yeah. But it's up there for me too. Um I'd say I'd say it it it's like squeaking out um Dark Knight Rises, right? Like mm-hmm. I love all of the Nolan ones, and I think obviously like maybe the third one's the least uh, favorite of mine of those. Yeah. Um, and this, I mean, like if you were to tell me like, hey, let's watch one of these movies, I would maybe just be like, all right, Dark Knight, and then I'd be like, all right, you know, somebody that just doesn't know anything, I'd be like, all right, now let's go to Suicide Squad, so you can kind of see the opposite of of like like you know in terms of like vibe or yeah. overall theme, like something that's like very serious, dark, gritty, and you know, amazing movie to something that's more, you know, also an amazing movie, but just you know comic you know comedy based uh kind of and, and just goofy and fun um a little bit but also just super hyper violent it's uh great yeah yeah i was surprised actually also i saw a lot of backlash to this movie even when we watched it i don't know if you noticed at the very end there was like five to ten people that just stood up and walked out and there was two <laughs> scenes after the credits this was even before the the, the credits had rolled yeah as they soon were as getting it up. yeah and it was like I felt like I was in a concert or a sporting event and these people were trying to get to their cars before the, the traffic to get out. And it was like, what are you guys doing? Like there's yeah. still movie left. And even if you didn't know that there was stuff after the credits, mm-hmm. there's still stuff in the main movie that was left. So I was surprised by that. And then when I got home, I, I got a text from a guy and he was like, this is trash. I wouldn't pay $3 for this movie. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's free on HBO max. If you already subscribe, but um, I thought it was well worth seeing it in IMAX. Um, all of the performances were great. All of the the jokes and the humor from James Gunn. That's my biggest thing. Whenever yeah. I watch something from James Gunn, it's his humor. You know, he was like that with Guardians. It was yep. like that with Slither. Anything that he's done, it's his sense of humor that I've loved. And I was telling my wife that, that we, we went and saw it with her. And I said... Yeah. It's really, this is the reason why you follow directors and writers because they have the ability, just like in comics with the writers, they have the ability to change everything. Because most people look at the the actors for the the most part, because that's what you're seeing on screen. But if they don't have any material to work with, it's like, it's never going to work. So I always like to look at who is directing it, who's writing this movie, and... When I when I first heard that he was he got this job, I was like, "Yes, this is going to be amazing." And then after that, they Disney brought him back, or I don't know who it is, Disney or Marvel brought him back and said, "Okay, all right, you can do Guardians three now." So I'm really excited to see what he does with that because I was listening to that podcast that I had sent you, yeah, and he was talking about how it's going to be Rocket Rocket's origin story, and you uh-huh. see how he got those scars on his back. And then it's going to be like the finale of this trilogy. So it sounds like that's going to be his last one. He's not going to do any more after that. Yeah. And this might, and I was listening to, I was watching not that interview you sent me, which is a great one, that podcast, but there's also, I was watching some of the, uh, the press run that he was doing for, you know, like entertainment weekly and stuff. Yeah. He did a ton and, of interviews. Yeah. And, and, and he was, you know, kind of hinting that this might be the final Marvel thing. So he may, if in, in my dreams, he jumps ship from Marvel <laughs> And Warner Brothers and DC can secure this guy, and they just give well, him whatever he wants. Yeah, actually, that Peacemaker show, the John Cena show that mm-hmm. you were talking about earlier, he seemed really pumped about that in that interview. It sounded yeah. like he wants to keep doing that show over mm-hmm. anything else, because they already did season one is is in the can. We're not going to get it until, like, January. Yeah. But he's already talking about season two, and they haven't even, like, put out season one yet. Yeah. So. I'm interested, what does he like so much about that character? Because even though I, I really like John Cena's um, performance and I like the character all the way up until the ending of the movie, then yeah. he takes kind of a turn and it's like, I don't know if I want to keep going with this guy after what he did in this movie. Because there's a certain point where mm-hmm. you can you can do certain things and then you cross the line and it's like for likability. Because, yeah. all right, 
if this guy's going to kill his dad, it's like, I don't really care about him at that point after that, or if he's going to do stuff that's irredeemable. Um, but in the movie itself, I loved him. Idris Elba's blood sport. Um, Sylvester Stallone is King shark. Even Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. Um, she didn't have a lot of scenes, but she's a great actress. And I, I love that scene where there were, um, Idris Elba was about to kill her, like with the yeah. pin. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Michael Rooker is great in anything, even though he was not in very much. He was just in that opening sequence um, as Savant. All yeah. of the the main people, Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2, like all of the main characters that we saw. Harley Quinn for me is kind of hit or miss. Margot Robbie. You, like, yeah, I liked her in this movie, but I also feel the same way. It's, uh, yeah. Like in like, Birds of Prey and the mm-hmm. last Suicide Squad movie, it almost just feels like she's being overdone. Like there's so much Harley Quinn stuff. She's so popular. Mm-hmm. It gets to a point where it's like, eh, I want to see somebody else. And that Harley Quinn animated show was so good. And it was that take on the characters is not like the comics. It's not like the Batman animated series. It wasn't like the Margot Robbie. Like that was kind of the more Harley Quinn now that I'm used to in my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall I love the movie and and want to see James Gunn do more with it. So that Peacemaker show is now at the top of my list of HBO Max stuff that's coming in the future. Yeah, and I was gonna say too. I think you know, I, number one, I thought Starro looked like oh yeah, crazy good. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I was kind of blown away by how like they they nailed it. You know, yeah, like, they did such a good job with it. I was like, and then like they do things like. You remember at the end when, um, and I guess spoiler again, you know, obviously everything we talk about is spoilers, but like at the end when he's, you know, he's covered everybody's faces with like the little mini starros, whatever you want to call them, whatever yeah. the technical name is, you know, he, like they, he's still like, the, and, and this is where, you know, James Gunn's right, you know, writing and, and ability to tell the story is great. Like he's at the end and the guy tells him and he tells them, he's like, you know, he's like, I was happy floating in space basically and looking yeah. at the stars and right. you guys did this you yes. know like i wasn't doing anything and so th- i think it's just a it's a great way they did a and, then that, and you know and they'd have that in the storyline where they're you know they have the hard drive you know where like you're conflicted like that's what i think i like about it so much is like yeah you have waller who works for the government is is supposed to be the one that you know is upholding the law or keeping the country together in a sense, right? right? But is doing it in you know maybe the worst tactics possible. She yeah. almost she essentially is like a villain of the yeah. story, you know, right? Uh, which is like I, I think a great concept. And then you know she puts in you know Cena to be like you know this guy that she knew he would you know cross the lines that yeah. needed to be crossed to do what she wants to be done, and then also to to paint out Starro is you know it's not like you know, to, all to have evil. that line. Yeah, it's not all yeah. evil. It's like, hey, you did this to me. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was just a great touch. I, I just wanted to, to touch on that because I, I thought it was it was all like number one, I think the CGI the CG looked great. Yeah. Um I think it looked awesome. And then like to add like the extra elements of that is you know to have him speak through them and uh, to actually have some good lines that were meaningful I thought was was pretty great. Yeah, I'm glad we got a chance to see that in IMAX because seeing Starro like 70 feet tall or whatever it is like that was great um Ooh. and i saw a lot of people actually referencing that line that you said the his line at the very end <laughs> as it made him sympathetic it made you feel for him and it made you want like you cared about starro and he yep. wasn't just oh there's the bad guy we got to go kill him blow him up Ooh. um so yeah i i love starro um and all of the the villainous characters that they had throughout the yep. movie, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I this is definitely one that I want to rewatch. Just like the first Guardians movie, um, yep. I just want to keep rewatching it over and over again because there's so many comedic things. There's so many like cool action moments. That was another thing. Like the action sequences are great. Um, mm-hmm. You just you can tell the talent of James Gunn. And that's why I mean, you love him and that's why we will follow him because of what he did in this movie. So the, I, I don't understand the backlash, like the people that I've been hearing from it. And this is not like widely, cause it's got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, it's, it's high got up there. It's high rated. Yeah. 83% audience score. But it's just weird that the people that I'm around, like a lot of my friends, not you, but a lot of my other friends are like, actually think too. 
he Ugh. messaged us in our group chat and he was like, boys, this is the best DC movie I've ever seen. Better than the, a lot of Marvel movies. Um, yep. So he loved it. But a lot of the other friends that I have were giving me negative things. I was like, what do you, what movie did you watch? Yeah. So. And, I, and, and there's, there, there's just, yeah, there's, like you said, there's, there's tons of great action. And I think a lot of like, even, you know, even the more gory parts, like the, uh, the King shark, uh, the, the body rip in half, yeah. which I think is, right. that's out there. I think that's been in trailers and previews. Uh, yes. It's like amazing in the movie, you know, you're just like yeah. waiting for this to happen. And like, like when he, when they invade the camp, they, you know, the wrong camp in the beginning, uh, and he eats the guy, like you see the whole thing, you know, there's just, <laughs> there's just so many good sequences like that. Yeah. And, and it all looks, it all looks great. You know, that's, that's a, a huge thing. I think that that plays into the movie. You know, one thing I'll, I'll say real quickly before we move on to Free Guy. Um, I was not a fan of the soundtrack in this one. Ooh. A lot of the selections that he made in Guardians, I liked. But mm-hmm. in this movie, I just, didn't, I just didn't care for the music that he specifically chose. Um, I just, that was my kind of one downside of the movies. I, I was like, eh, I'd rather it, not have a yeah. lot of these. And I would say I I didn't mind it. Um, I kind of liked it, but I think also the the Guardians one I think plays into your taste as well. You know, yeah, right. The, yeah, so I think I think that that I I I agree. I think I do like Guardians and like the other movies more than this one. Um, but I would also say I I think it's that one's like a good one for you too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're this one yeah, just I, I think outside more, of. Yeah, there's more like punk and like some yeah. other weird genres of, of music. Not weird genres, but you know, there's right. some other like not it's not mainstream pop from those eras. Um, which is uh yeah, I think it doesn't doesn't play as as well in the movie probably for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. So what you mentioned earlier um uh, was the Taika appearance in the Suicide Squad as Ratcatcher One. Yeah. Taika also appears in Free Guy, he has a large um, role. He has a much more substantial role in Free Guy. And we got a chance to see that yesterday in the theater because it's not streaming anywhere. And the premise is basically Ryan Reynolds plays a bank teller who discovers he's actually a background player in an open world video game. And so he decides to become the hero of his own story, one that he rewrites himself. You and I are both huge video game fans. Um, I thought that you would like it for that aspect, because when I invited you, I was like, this is, um, number one, Ryan Reynolds is funny. Mm-hmm. That's one, number one. And then number yeah. two, it's like a video game setting. So I thought you would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of Free Guy overall? Um, I think uh, conceptually, like the concept of the movie is is like a decent one. I think yeah. it's like an interesting kind of like what you know, like what is this like character? You know, basically, and I know we haven't read the synopsis yet, but you know, he's basically uh, an NPC, a non playable character in a video game that's just kind of a, a side guy that just does the same thing over and over again. Like you know, he's basically a trained program um, yeah. or you know AI and you know, he kind of breaks free of that. I think that concept is, is fine. Um, but a lot of the movie I did not like, I think there are, I think there are funny parts. Like there's definitely parts where we laughed out loud, you know? Yeah. And, I, and, and I mean, I was listening to the crowd cause it was a pretty packed theater in there, right? Like you could hear all the people in there. Um, yeah. and, and it's, and they, they were having a lot of good reactions. I think oh, to yeah. some of the jokes, but to me, I thought like some of the, like when he puts the glasses on, uh, he puts these glasses on basically that gives him the power of like a regular character, like somebody that's, you know, a real person playing the game. And uh, it goes into like the it, it felt very generic to me, like whereas like, you know, if you play a video game now, I mean, obviously like Call of Duties and stuff, you can call those like generic video games because they just cover like the same kind of stories over and over again. But um, you know, to have on there like bank heist, you know, and he like is it felt I don't know. It didn't feel like the stuff that I play, like, or it didn't represent it very well. Um, you know, um, but I, I mean, I thought the movie was, there's some genuinely like some funny moments, but I just don't know if I would recommend anybody. Like, I don't know who is going to like that movie. I, I don't know how you felt. Yeah. It, 
I had a lot of the same uh, feelings that you did. It's, I want to say like the word that keeps coming to mind is generic. It's like a generic, mm-hmm. what somebody would think a video game is like. And yeah. we got a lot of, you know, laughs out of understanding video games from a player's standpoint and a lot of the the video game culture so you know we understand diving into um you know that type of open world environment and understanding yeah. the the side quests the npcs and all that um dancing and and fortnite fortniteification of of video games but yeah. the story itself if you take out all of those elements there's kind of a a generic love story involved in it and also him trying to find himself and be a better man right yeah so all of those i think the generic stuff to me we could have done without it almost like this movie could have used another another pass right on the yeah. on the script like all right this was our whatever fifth version of the script let's go ahead and get a sixth version of it and get another another pass of it yeah uh, things i really liked was the Taika Waititi character because it was like I see, I, I, and here's the thing is I, and just because I want to talk about this because <laughs> obviously we love Taika you know I think me you and your wife all yes. are big fans of him yes. so anytime he was on the screen like I don't know if I like I don't know if you put somebody else in there if I end up like if I get the the enjoyment because when he was on there I was laughing yeah, just because I, I so. like him so much but I don't know if you put like you know, uh, Channing Tatum also in this movie was hilarious in his parts. Um, that was like I think you know probably maybe like a highlight of the movie of that that sequence of him and like the guy playing as you know Chan. Is it was it Channing Tatum right? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was like I was like which action generic action guy yeah. was it? Uh, when he had him, I think that was like a highlight. But like Taika specifically, I don't know. I like him because I like him. Yes. But I don't know if I like, like if you insert somebody else, right? That like, character. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you felt that same way, but that's, that's kind of how when we were talking after the movie, that's kind of like what I was trying to explain was like, I like him, but I don't know. I don't know if you put somebody else that I just either didn't care for or didn't know. Yeah. Um, well, actually that's that. kind of what my wife, she was saying it from the, the other side of that. What, what mm-hmm. she was talking to us about after the movie was um, Lil Rel. And Ooh. his character, she was like, what is it called when they play the same character in every movie? And Ooh. I was trying to describe it as, well, yeah, it's it's not necessarily typecasting, but it is something that they're looking for. Like, they want that guy's personality. Ryan Reynolds is a huge, like, um, yeah. thing, like a huge type of of casting like that where it's like, oh, we want a Ryan Reynolds type where it's like fast-talking Mm-hmm. comedic, you know, quick jabs. And that's how he is in real life. Um, I don't know if you listen to that Smartless interview. That yeah, he was great. Yeah. 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 And that's just him. You know, you could tell off the top of his head, he's just like quick, mm-hmm. he's just quick-witted. And that's yeah. how a lot of his characters are. But that's what a lot of actors, it's their charisma that kind of carries them through. It's like that with Tom Hanks and probably Tom Cruise. Like a lot of the reason why you like them is their personality, not necessarily like they're changing. They're like Johnny Depp or something. Like they're becoming a different person. Yeah. Um, so with Taika, I think it's that same thing. Even with Ratcatcher One, he doesn't have to say a word for me, you, and my wife uh-huh. to be to be like, I love him. I love yep. that character. I right. don't. Nothing <laughs> he has to say is gonna is gonna change the way that we feel about him. Yeah. Just because of his past work and with this character, I think Antoine was who he played. I think you're 100% right. No matter who it, they would have cast out of out of this role, it would not have been the same without bringing the baggage of Taika to it. And so if somebody doesn't know anything about him, I don't know if they would fall in love with him from this performance. Yeah. Or if it, because this character is like, he's just unlikable from start to finish. There's nothing else about him. The whole reason why he's funny is because he's a douchebag, because... Yeah. He's trying to be cool. He's trying to be like um, better than he is, right? Like yeah. he's tra- it seems like he's Wearing trying to be younger. Necklaces, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's trying to be hip. Um, yeah, but 
that was what was fun about it for us. I think you and I were laughing, and my wife too. Oh. We were laughing at him, not with him. Yeah. And it was, we just love him as a person. Oh. So I think you're 100% right on the money with that casting. And actually, it was the same, not necessarily that we liked them, but I think the same with Lil Rel, the same with that, um, the other programmer, Mauser. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy from Stranger Things, Joe Keery. I'm just yeah. looking at the the casting. Yeah, those guys all bring from their previous work. I think baggage. So it's like, oh yeah, that's that Stranger Things guy. So if you yeah. liked him in Stranger Things, then you'll probably like him in this. If you didn't like him in Stranger Things, you probably wouldn't like him in this. And same with Lil Rel. Same with um, and the Indian actor. His name is Utkarsh Ab. I'm Bud Carr. Sorry, I butchered his name, but yeah. I've seen him in other things where he was always like a bad guy. He's always a douchebag. And, and so that was my baggage I'm bringing into it when I see him in this movie. Um, and same thing with Ryan Reynolds. Like I'm thinking Deadpool um, for yeah. the most, most of the movie. I'm thinking Deadpool in my mind. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think they could have just um, that, that concept is so good. It's this yeah. high concept notion of a non-playable character is having an existential crisis. And that also ties into AI, which I love. I love stories about artificial intelligence and right. gaining consciousness. So I've seen it before in other, you know, let's say iRobot or something where it's it's always like a robot. Um, and we we yeah. kind of saw a little bit in Space Jam, the, the Don Cheadle, Algae, right. whatever algorithm, uh, yeah, algorithm, yeah, yeah, but not to the same extent. This one, it's more like becoming conscious, becoming aware. The programming is changing, so I always like that in in any movie that I'm watching. So I, I like that concept, and Ryan Reynolds, you know, brings a lot to it. But there wasn't much more underneath that, so I, yeah. I kind of wish they would have had more on top of that. And, and and I was gonna say like just a a few other things I did you know when when the movie was starting and you have and, and here's the thing is like and we all love Deadpool you know you know Ryan yes. Reynolds and pre Ryan Reynolds right but yep. like now here's like the Ryan Reynolds voiceover over the opening of a movie to me is just I'm like I was waiting for Deadpool to show up yeah you know what I mean like right. I was just like I was like like that's what that is to me you know like when he when he's doing that so I I from the opening I was like. Mm. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, uh, a little bit. Yeah, uh, and then, and then, I think the when we talk, when we said the word generic, and you pointed that out too, that it's like, I think that's like the perfect word for this movie to me is because it's there's almost they don't really get into anything like, and they don't even like reference video games like a whole. I mean, they do, but they they don't do it as much as I would I would think. You know what I mean? Like they, it's it's like blue shirt guy. You know, they yeah. don't really give you. Like there's almost like nothing, you know. He like he doesn't even change, and and I get that that's the point of the movie. Like I get that's like part of the concept, but there just there was like nothing else to like you know for that to like stand on. Like and then you know, and then like when they go into like video game stuff, like we how many you know the other video game things did you really like? They didn't make that many references to like real actual video games a yeah. whole lot until the end of the movie when yes. he's battling the this villain that they've uploaded dude uh that is basically the buffed <laughs> beefy version of, of ryan reynolds character yeah. and then even even then you know they they still don't really do video game things he pulls out a lightsaber he pulls out captain america's shield yes and we won't spoil some of the stuff that happens with those but you know, and the, that and, got and a huge like, reaction from our audience. Yeah, yeah, that was huge, and I, and I think that was like a highlight for for us too. And you know, I guess like the furthest they kind of go is the the gravity gun from um, Half Life. Yeah, and then and then the portal gun, and then the portal gun's not even really the portal gun; it's just the portals. It doesn't, yeah. he doesn't really like pull out the actual like white gun that you know that she carries in the in the games. And right. that was maybe my main problem with it was like, hey, this you know should have more in this you know i thought right. it should have additional references to make this to this interesting i think enough people play video games at this point that you can make you know you know try or and i don't know if it's like a licensing thing or whatever but i, I just thought there needed to be additional references in there to make it not seem so 
so bland. It felt like it felt like white bread, you know, like just regular yeah. wonder bread. <laughs> like it was just very generic from like all the video game stuff that they're referencing for most of the movie was just very generic, you know, plain looking text, no logos, nothing that's really that familiar, but just, you know, general concepts like here's a bank robbery. Uh, and then down to like, you know, obviously it doesn't play well, I think, into that concept when it's, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds character's blue shirt guy. You know, that's like everybody's referencing it as blue shirt guy. So it's like everything about it is generic until they make some references at the end or, you know, a little bit here and there throughout the movie. Um, so I, I didn't like that stuff. Um, also, um, and actually funny, just looking at the IMDb, because I was also looking up who's in this. This is like a weird thing about this movie too. So Joe Keery and uh, the uh, the other actors that are in the movie are listed in this IMDb, but they're about 15 or <laughs> about like nine or 10 characters down on this IMDb list because like the rock is in this movie apparently, which yes. I don't, did you, did you pick out any of the voices while we were actually watching? Did Only Hugh Jackman. That was his, like, I just know his voice. Um, the yeah. rock, I think they might've put like a filter on his voice. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't pick out his voice. And then uh, Krasinski, the, I didn't hear Krasinski. Yeah, John Krasinski, I didn't pick him out. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I'm trying to look at the other ones. You know, and, and there are like some funny things in here, you know, like the Trebek Jeopardy thing. Like he makes oh, yeah. an appearance, you know, he's passed. Um, and, you yeah. know, there's, there's some interesting, and I, and I did think, you know, it is, it is funny how like to see things change because it's even past like my generation where you have these streamers in this, like, do, do the streamers making up an appearance does, Pokimane and Ninja, yeah. you know, showing up in this movie, like, does that play differently to, you know, somebody that's 10 years younger than me or, or more, you know, like right. for me, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know, it doesn't, but I, I don't, I don't know if that like would improve somebody's enjoyment or, you know, of this movie. So I would, I would almost be interested to see or hear the reaction of somebody that's, you know, uh, like, 15 and up, you know, right. uh, 15 to 21 or something like that and see kind of how they react, uh, to the movie. Yeah. But I really liked a lot of the, um, a lot of the concepts, like I said, I, I love being a, a video game player. Um, but I just wish they had added more to it. Cause I just, even the name free guy, which is supposed to be like, you know, double meanings, but yeah, it's just generic, just feels bland to me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish they had had more of those. Like you said, name the games because we yeah. had some Marvel and some other licenses and, and Fortnite and stuff. And those things to me oh, make it yeah. feel like more real. Mm-hmm. But when you have generic stuff, it just feels like when I was growing up in the 90s, there was just so many these two things can't be together. So you can't have two yeah. different characters. Like you couldn't even have Superman and Batman in the same movie. Right. Like right. everything had to be separated out and nothing felt like a shared universe. And that's what we're getting like, you know, 20, 30 years later. Now we're getting a lot of shared universes and people are loving it, but mm. I think they should have went further with And like you said, maybe it's a licensing thing. Maybe it's the contracts they couldn't get, but I would have liked to have seen more, um, name stuff. Here's the portal gun. Here's the Mega Man blaster. Here's uh, Pac Man and stuff. But I think Wreck It Ralph did a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and, um, and that's a, that's like a good and actually it's a good comparison to this. Whereas Wreck It Ralph feel like they built something. And even if I mean you know they I mean obviously they had references to other stuff in there too. But like you know it it felt like video game you know stuff to me like it felt like real whereas this feels a little bit like my mom or dad like yes yeah talking about a video game based on things they've heard me say right like oh yeah we're gonna destroy the server to the video game and it's like do you guys really know what a server does you know what i mean like do you really know what these so and and i i get it like i think you know you have to push the story along and it's not totally wrong but they're just things like that where they're like kick him you know he's a hacker or he's you know and it's like all right man like does that you know what i mean like is that kind of what's happening here? I mean, I guess that's a concept that does happen in video games, but and it's weird. And, and actually, just looking at the the Rotten Tomatoes for this, this thing has an eighty two percent 
on like the critic side yeah. and, and 95 on there. So maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> But like, no, me, it is the children who are wrong. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and like, I I think like you know, like I said, in our in our theater, there were people in there that were have you know howling, you know, oh, yeah. throughout the movie. Like there yeah. were people that were laughing at all the jokes that I was not laughing at that I did not yeah. think were funny. Um, and and, and it just kind of, I don't know. I, I'm just so lukewarm on this. I mean, I I would say like you know, if I'm lukewarm on Riddle Box, we were talking about earlier, I'm like less warm on this. You know, yeah, I, I Puzzle Box, I did not. Or uh, yeah, puzzle box. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I just yeah, I I think there are moments in this movie definitely, but I don't think it's worth uh, watching the whole thing to be honest. Yeah, I kind of wish we had seen it. We we had a chance to see it at a free screening. I yeah. kind of wish we had seen, seen it at that <laughs> screening rather than pay money for it. But it's fine. Um, yeah. I didn't hate the movie, but it it could have been better. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I don't actively hate it, but I just, yeah, I would never tell somebody probably to watch this movie unless you're a big Taika fan like us and you want to yeah. see his scenes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely worth it. So yep. that was Free Guy, which is out now in theaters. It's not streaming anywhere. So if you want to, if you want to watch it, you gotta, you gotta go to the theater. Ooh. So I think that's gonna wrap up this episode of Seasons Change. This is a Finkless episode, but he'll be back next time to tell us what comics he's been reading, maybe update us on the, the Batman suggestions that I gave him. And, uh, he might give his thoughts on puzzle box and the suicide squad. Um, so you can catch Fink on Twitter at Finkel F I N K L E seven, five, seven. I'm on Twitter, just Vactor, which is my last name. V A C T O R. We have a, uh, Jeff W has a Twitter. Yep, you want to give Jeff W or Jeff Whitehouse on TikTok. And this podcast has a Twitter, Seasons underscore podcast. So check us out in all of those places. And check us out on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Leave us a review if possible. Share us with your friends if you want to let somebody know what is a good podcast to listen to. Tell them Seasons Change. And hopefully they will enjoy all of the content that we're putting out. So Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We out. Later.